Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you, helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others, helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well being and empowerment, helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully and helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cozy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to have you along again. And it is the day after Mother's Day that I'm recording this here in Australia. And i got to say, I'm feeling a little tired. Um, this full moon energy uh, coupled with where I'm at in my cycle. So I'm about a week away from my bleed and I always get a little insomniac. Um, but the full moon has amplified it. So I have just not been sleeping. And then last night the kids were sick and Dave was sick after our bonfire that we'd had and so yeah I'm feeling a little tired I've just taken a rest which I always do about three o'clock in the afternoon on my work day singular work day um and yeah so I'm feeling good about now coming back and chatting with you about the new normal and just normal um so If you haven't yet joined us over in the free Facebook group, School for Sacred Social Leaders, please do because in May and June and July, we are going to be hanging out Um, this week. There is a free monthly circle. There's going to be a QA and a in a couple of weeks where you can just ask any questions you have. Um, We're going to have another documentary watch party and I'm thinking we're going to watch... um, the Michelle Obama documentary together and it's just a really nice place where other socially inspired folk are hanging out um, asking big questions and doing inner empowerment work with a view to creating change from the inside out Um, we're also going to be launching the new iteration of lead her which is called sacred steward over there in the free Facebook group and there's going to be lots of free stuff for you to get your teeth into so come and hang out there and um, if you are interested in Sacred Steward make sure that you um, email me meg at megberryman.com so I can add you to the interest list or yeah just join us in the group Um, it's really going to be this delicious four-month journey into the heart of who you are as a leader Um, and it's going to be so potent and so divine and I can't wait to share more with you Um, but it's really come from a place of what's landed for me this week Um, is that what I'm really here to support you to do is be the sacred steward of your vision and of more importantly of your energy So it's been the biggest void in my life and my biggest teacher has been trying to work with my energy, trying to get more of it, 
trying not to burn out, trying to recover from burnout, um, all of my health stuff. Um, and then journey into motherhood has been this really this theme of learning to be a beautiful and reverent energetic steward of my inner resources. And that's really where my gift lies. I think in not coming at this work from trying to make you better or different or teach you to be someone that you're not, but really helping you unlearn and decondition all of the things that prevent you from harnessing your unique vision and your unique energetic blueprint in a way that is nourishing and supportive and activating for you first and foremost knowing that the impact that you create in the world from that place is vastly different Um, and the other side of that being really understanding now I think around my purpose and my vision is that when I teach leaders and business owners to use their own energy in a sustainable um, and aligned way, that actually has a flow and effect to how we create sustainability outside of ourselves. So, you know, how we use our energetic inner resources matches the culture which uses more than it has, which plunders, which steals, which... um, extracts resources and we've kind of started to relate to our own energetic reserves and resources in the same way and what I know to be true is when we make those inner shifts towards sustainability towards working in alignment with our truth our gifts our service our vision um, what happens on the outside is we start to in we start to um integrate and align more with the seasons and cycles of nature mother nature and we start to look to nature and the earth for the wisdom on how we can harness energy and be stewards of it and we start to come back into harmony and equilibrium we don't need to consume because we're not trying to live outside of our own unique energetic blueprint Um, And there are vast um, and we get more empowered because as women identifying folk, we start to decondition all the shoulds and have tos and instead just follow the energetic blueprint and pathway that feels aligned for us. So that is what Sacred Steward is about. It's not only about downloading, downloading your own sacred social vision and calling in the resources and communicating it and expressing it through all aspects of life but um, it's really about getting to the heart of who you are as a leader and really letting go of the rest because that is what is so fucking exhausting so it relates to what this topic is about today which is something that I've been hearing a lot I've been doing a lot of one-on-one work recently which has been so beautiful and I'm so grateful for each of you who have, and I'm just going to take a sip of tea. Mm. I'm so grateful for each um, of you who I've been working with, either one-on-one within programs or um, outside of them. It's just been really beautiful to lean back into that work. Um, and what I've been hearing a lot is this concept and this fear, and it's almost a, a freeze slash paralysis that's what it feels like in the body it feels like a like a a stuckness around not wanting things to go back to normal 
And as I'm recording this, you know, in Victoria, there's just been an announcement today in New South Wales. I know school has gone back uh, part-time this week. And so, yeah, there's this... um, there's these push and these pulls which we're feeling uh, around us in the collective and we're hearing them from authority figures and we're wondering how to integrate the wisdom that we have experienced through this time, how we can... We're asking ourselves, how can I hold on to this wisdom? How can I keep the gifts of this way of life? How can I harness what I know to be true Um, And how can I create a new normal within my household and my body, really, in order to shift the collective in the direction that we have seen is possible from this time and this hiatus? And so today I'm going to break down what I think this means uh, when I've been hearing I don't want things to go back to normal. I'm going to really break that down and interrogate that and offer you some journal prompts so if you want to grab your journal while you're doing this otherwise just you know opening up um, a space in your heart for openness and and curiosity around what this means for you knowing that each of us is going to have a particular quality of this I don't want things to go back to normal so that all being said what I would like to encourage you to do if you can is just to take a really big stretch and maybe some shoulder rolls. I'm stretching out my um, ribs because I'm feeling a lot of uh, like collapsing around my mid body, of course, around my solar plexus, which is a lot of that happening at the moment. Um, so just taking a few moments to move your body and what we're doing is we're inviting her to be open to the wisdom that you're about to hear to receive it and integrate it without needing it to be hard or stressful, without needing um, us to like get all the get all the answers, but just really bringing into our bodies as we're taking these breaths and moving a beginner's mind in terms of looking at this. I don't want things to go back to normal with curiosity and compassion. So that all being said, I'm wondering how your body's feeling and I'm wondering if um, in this moment you could just take a little uh, compassionate stock take of where in your body you're holding tension. Is it in your jaw? Is it in your chest? Is it in your belly? Like I'm certainly feeling it in, like I said, my ribs, my side bodies, my jaw feels quite um, like uh, rigid, I guess is the word. So just bringing some curiosity and maybe even some loving touch, some massage into that part of your body, knowing that this has great wisdom, right? That our body is carrying deep wisdom um, in terms of what is here for us in our fear around things going back to normal. So just taking a, a beautiful, compassionate stock take, no shaming, no judgment, just curiosity, I'm just also noticing my desire to stretch out my hamstrings. So being curious about how your body wants to move and can you honour that movement? Can you actually give that expression that wants to come out some spaciousness? So the first place to start with this um, exploration of I don't know, I don't want things to go back to normal is I really invite you to get super specific about what you mean by that. What I've noticed when I've been hearing this, there's this vast array 
of expressions that we're trying to capture in this just general fear of I don't want things to go back to normal and just recognizing that of course the crisis um, and any change so first we had to change everything to be in the crisis and then now we've got to change everything it feels like to go back and knowing that for the vast majority of us change isn't um, deeply comfortable we've been brought up in under illusions of being able to control things and so just having great reverence for the fact that this is hard and this is tough and oh we thought we had a new normal and now we've got to go back and that's feeling really triggering there's a charge behind that and just being curious asking yourself what is it that I don't want to go back to normal? Like be specific. What is it that I don't want to go back to normal? Maybe it's that you don't want school to go back because you don't um, want your kids to... I know for me, like my kids are so much better rested now than they've ever been. Um, So just being very specific. And you can start the sentence, I really don't want x to go back to normal just to start that prompting process um i think for the vast majority of us what i've been hearing um is i don't want the spaciousness and slowness i don't uh, to go away i don't want um the autonomy and choice in how i spend my time to go away i don't want um what else? I'm just feeling into it. Feeling into all the ways that this has been expressed in the collective. Um, yeah, I don't want to go back to a job that I don't like or a career. I don't want to go back to working outside the office. I don't want to go back to feeling rushed in the mornings to get out the door. I don't want to go back to just that feeling of pressure and stress. I don't want to go back to spending more time indoors and sitting instead of spending time outside. So really being specific, what is it that you are most worried about going back to normal? And as we get more and more specific about what is the actual fear here, we have more and more discernment in terms of how we move through it. But when we're just tapped into this general, like, I don't want things to go back to normal, you know, what what are these things? What are these things? It's like sometimes in the collective we talk in tongues. Like I've noticed everyone being like, oh, these times are really challenging. But what do we mean by these times? What do we mean by when we, we don't want things to go back to normal? Because the more specific and courageous we can be in naming it the more not only do we have pathways for our own energy system to recalibrate and find creative solutions but we do so in the collective as well when we when we have the courage to name these things we allow some spaciousness and creative energy to come in and be like ah maybe there's a a creative third way that I haven't yet figured out to all of these things maybe there are possibilities that in my um, desire to maintain control I have not been seeing because I'm letting my rational mind rather than my body and rather than intimate conversations in relationships and in circles be the guide of that wisdom and those creative solutions So that first step again, be specific about what things you don't want to go back to normal and we allow the body to find clarity. 
in what those things are. Um, and we invite some movement there as opposed to just this blanket freeze response of, I don't want to, I want, I don't want things to go back to normal, but they have to. And so if you notice that language leads me into the second point, which is refined or, um, what's the word? Discover or tune into, yeah, this is the word, it's attuned to where it is that you do have agency and choice in this moment. Because here's the truth of the matter. What you're most afraid of is not any of the external things that look a certain way. It's not really at the root of the issue here. As I'm just saying that I'm like so engrossed in the conversation, I'm just spilling my tea generally all over myself. Um, so what you're afraid of is not like your kids going back to school. What you're afraid of is not having choice, autonomy and agency. And so to be really clear and specific that right now in the collective and particularly for women identifying folk, what we're feeling is something that we've felt before many, many, many times over. And that general feeling is the feeling of powerlessness. It's the feeling of not having choice, autonomy and control. It's the feeling of someone dictating how we spend our time and energetic resources. It is the feeling of not being able to have our no's and our yeses respected. And if you think about that powerlessness in the context of all the violence and atrocities that have been inflicted upon women, noticing and, of course, recognising the intersectional nature of that in that um, women of colour, women with other abilities, um, women that are marginalised and excluded will have all of that powerlessness and lived experience of trauma through that amplified, that is what we're afraid of. It is afraid of feeling that feeling of powerlessness that we felt before because suddenly people are dictating again, this is what it feels like, are dictating again how we're spending our time and energy and what was so fucking liberating about the Rona was that um, again, acknowledging privilege here, was that we had choice and agency autonomy and we also had a reduction, a massive reduction in external perceived expectations on how we should be behaving and being in the world and what we should be doing. And so what happened in that expectation vacuum was that we began to feel respite and we began to find some agency, empowerment, choice and autonomy in how we're spending our energy and time. And now we're being asked to revert back to that or that's what it feels like. And so the body is in a freeze because the body remembers that to have power meant being burned at the stake, for example, that, that not having power is the most deeply painful at the heart of all of our trauma wounding that we could possibly engage with. And here we are having choices made for us by people that don't see us and don't appreciate us. So can we bring some deep compassion and reverence for the experience of that freeze right now? And can we be willing to really really lean into this with love as opposed to self-judgment of like 
just get on with it or I've got it so much better than other people, which is a classic that I've been hearing a lot of recently. Can we just hold compassion for the fact that this is really painful, that feeling like we don't have choice and agency in how we're spending our energy and time and resources can feel really powerful, that powerless. So that all being said is recognizing that that's at the root of this sensation in the body can we reframe the question to attune and tap into where we do have agency and choice and can we actually ask ourselves the question well if I don't want things to go back to the new normal what actually is it that I do want what actually is it that I do desire how actually do I want my life to feel and look like and express how do I want to um, be using my energetic resources? And framing that question immediately switches us into empowerment because suddenly we're not focusing all the, all the things that we don't have control over. We're bringing our attention back to reminding ourselves that if we are privileged enough to be even having this conversation then we do have agency and choice and autonomy. We've just been conditioned out of using it. And that is my passion work in the world is to help you come back to a place where your deep wisdom is um, is really honoured and where you understand that you are a deeply impactful, powerful change maker um, that has choice and autonomy and I'm here to help you unlearn all the ways that you've forgotten that. So what do I want? What choices do I have? What agency do I have? And this is where it gets really interesting because as soon as we ask the question, well, what is it that you do desire? What so often happens is like, I don't know, because it's easier to push away from something we don't, to name something we don't want than to actually lean into the what feels like a not safe place of owning a desire. So do this with yourself or do it with an intimate circle or do it with someone, a coach that you really respect so you can have your desires met without A, any judgment, or be any expectation that what you desire has to be achieved in a certain time frame. Because as I've said, expectations create a freeze response. Too many expectations actually work counterintuitively to um, how we as women um, motivate ourselves. And this also goes into our design, of course, our human design. So um, what do I want? Where do I have agency and choice? If I could design my life, integrating the wisdom that I've learned here, what have I noticed feels good for me? And what have I noticed I want to carry through and have a conversation that is based on agency and choice and empowerment and feel how your body opens when you can actually articulate what it is that you do desire. And it, it opens up the creative part of the brain to come in and start thinking curiously about what that looks like. Um, knowing that, of course, we can own desire, acknowledge desire and hold desire without needing to know the fucking plan, without needing to know the exact five steps that that's going to take. In fact, 
Most of us have the capacity to visualize and hold a desire and wait for it to emerge in our environment before we respond to it. So can we remain unattached to this desire becoming an expectation and instead just dance with it and explore it and be curious with it and really allow your body and your mind and your soul and your vision to dance and weave and create this vision of what life may possibly be like for you if we were to use this opportunity to unlearn and not consent to the expectations created by society. This is an opportunity to deeply look at all the shoulds and have-dos because let me tell you that they, that they are, do not only live outside of you, they have to a certain extent been conditioned in you to the point where now you are weaponizing those expectations against yourself and you are the one that's perpetuating I have to and I should and I don't have choice and this isn't possible and all of that language we start to carry and become the police and it's just not motivating it doesn't work as a motivator to build a life that is deeply socially impactful inspired activating and alive and that's what I'm interested in supporting you to do so again that second step what do I want where do I have agency choice and empowerment okay so then The third step is, and I just alluded to it, is now to meet the counter voice to that that says, but I can't have that because I should X, X, X. So really now we we've had this specificity of what we don't want and now we've started to lean into what I do want and now there's this fear of what if I can't have that or I can't have that and so notice again how your body responds here what it moves like what it feels like what is the sensation here where is it because again this is a wound and an existing thing that has just been amplified and expressed now in this moment so Here is where we're going to find the map of all of our shame. Here is where we're going to find all the places that we've been conditioned to believe that success and life has to look and feel and be a certain way that usually is not fundamentally aligned with our vision or our energetic blueprint, by the way. So yes, can we now just be curious about, well, what is the, what are all the ways that I'm shooting and shaming myself for desiring that? Where is it in my body that um, this powerlessness of I can't have what I want show up? What is the fear? What are the, um, like, what is the conversation that your mind starts having with yourself when you actually lean into desire? Usually it's something like I can't because um, I will... Like we use safety and stability a lot. So there's a financial thing, which I'm not discounting at all. That root chakra is pretty traumatized in the collective. And, um, but just being curious about what is it that comes up for you. Um, underneath most of it, though, if we really interrogated and we kept asking why and why and why and why is that the reason and why can't you do that? But why couldn't you do that? But why wouldn't that be possible? What we usually get to at the heart of that is if I do that I will lose love acceptance belonging 
And so this is why I call it the map of our shames, because it's all the ways that we've been conditioned to be other or different from who we actually are by society that tells us we need to be and do and behave and relate in a certain way. And so this is the map of where you have opportunities to get deeply empowered and to really work safely with a coach or a somatic therapist or um, whoever whoever is the resourcing person or, or in a circle. It's a beautiful place um, to heal this because, not to heal it, to explore it and to be dance with it because um, a lot of this has been inflicted relationally and therefore it can be healed relationally so yeah so what is the what is the fear of actually creating your desire and recognizing that within this lies a a, a fair amount of um we were either shamed for desiring something that looked a bit different from other people our gifts or our inner inner strengths were never valued particularly in a culture that values only a very small minority of skills and attributes and expressions um and yeah and so we need to be really mindful here um that this is painful and that um feeling like we can't have the life that we desire because we may be shamed for it taps right back into those the energetic charges of where we may have been shamed or embarrassed before but it also taps into um a fear of not belonging or a fear of not being liked and so leads me to my next point which is Am I willing to have the courageous conversations and am I willing to hold the shape of myself even when others don't understand the choices that I want to make coming out of this coronavirus situation? And this is really where social change starts to be embodied is when we work to empower this map and when we work to empower those parts of us that have been shamed or silenced or or um, locked away and not expressed, what happens is we start to um, show up differently in the world. We start to show up in a more empowered, embodied way. And some people don't really like that. And um, are we willing to, for example, say like you're feeling that you don't want to gather in the same way that you used to, that maybe you only want to meet people once a month now and that you want a lot more time for slowness and spaciousness if that is your desire the blowback or the the inner conversation will be but I can't do that because people expect me to do that so what we're really saying is I am not willing or able or resourced to have that courageous conversation and hold my shape knowing that they that other person may interpret that a certain way that by the way we have zero control over And so it becomes about the courage to hold and be with yourself in those moments, to not abandon yourself on the other side of a boundary or a courageous conversation. And what happens is when enough of us are willing to say, 
I do not consent to going back into a culture which um, oppresses and marginalizes and I, I do not consent to participating in that. When enough of us do that and are willing to have the courageous conversations with those we're in relationship with, knowing and fully appreciating that they may not share that view, that is how social change starts to happen. And so what I've been noticing a lot is all of us being like, oh, it's so great, like nature's coming back to life and there's like coyotes on the San Francisco Bridge and there's like dolphins in the Venice Canal, which is so beautiful and wonderful. But my question is what the fuck are we going to do about that knowing and that knowledge? Like are we really willing to do the inner work here in order to feel empowered making choices which we inherently know are good for the planet and each other and the earth and ourselves and that is my invitation here is yes it's painful yes it's disgusting to sit with these things yes it's annoying and I wish we could just had never been conditioned but are we actually willing to fight for and I'm getting really emotional as I say this are we willing to fight for the things that we've been saying we want like are we actually willing to do the inner work required to create the world that we want to see because right now this is the crossroads. Right now this is where we get to make that choice. And yes, it's painful and not everyone is going to understand. And so gathering with people that do understand and share your worldview and are helping you to bit by bit and clumsily and messily make those decisions that are right for you on an instinctual level, that's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm here to help you do. That's what I'm doing daily is trying to make the decisions that feel alive for me, even though it looks different from everyone, even though it feels uncomfortable, even though sometimes people don't understand my life needs to mean something more than consenting to a culture that I never fucking signed up for. I will not consent to that anymore. And I'm willing to be in the messiness of not having it all figured out because that's what we're here to do together. And it's really about having the courage to find that inner leader, to find the inner leader that has the courageous conversations and to trust that your instincts were never wrong. They were shamed maybe and they were um, misdirected um, because we didn't know how to trust them. We didn't have a language to, to speak them. We didn't have a connection with our body or the earth to guide us to them. But those instincts which know that the culture that we're leaving behind isn't true or right or moral or ethical or equitable or sustainable or any of the shit that we say we want your instincts are not wrong what's wrong is that you've been conditioned out of believing that there's any truth to them and so yes I'm really fucking tired (laughs) and I'm really moved by this conversation because it's something that I I'm afraid of too like I'm afraid of going back to normal and I really, really want to hold spaces where we're willing to put down the control and the illusion of control and be in the I don't know. I don't know the creative solution yet, but there has to be one that's better than this. That's what I'm interested in holding space for at the moment. And if you are too, then please come and join us in the Facebook group. 
We can't do it alone. We were never meant to do it alone. We were each meant to weave our gifts and our magic and our strengths and our visions in a co-created way. And now is the time to put aside the expectations that are not serving us, to put aside the illusion of who we thought we were to stay safe, to put aside the fear of other people's perceptions and to really question whether we want to abide and live by that or whether there's more aliveness, sustainability, connectivity, joy and just, yeah, messy, dynamic fluidity on the other side of that. So that is my pep talk, my loves. <laughs> and I hope that it's prompted some thinking and um and have been a useful place to start interrogating this a little more. I deeply um, hope that you and your loved ones are safe. Um, and I really want to acknowledge too that the fear of getting sick is a real one and is still very much here, which is why you are totally within your right to play this the way that's right for you and your family and your loved ones. Play it in a way that feels right for you. There is no rule book here. And the more each of us start to forge our own divergent paths, but do it together in reverence and respect for each other's decisions, the more I'm just deeply excited about what may be possible for us. So if you've loved this episode, please share it on Instagram and tag me, um, share it with your friends and send it around. Um, if you would feel called to leave a review on iTunes, that is so, so appreciated. Um, I can't wait to see you really, really soon. And 